Welcome to day 30 of the Critics Not Cynics 31 Days of Horror Spectacular. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about Night of the Living Dead. The remake, though, from 1990, directed by Tom Savini. So uh, if you're not familiar with the original Night of the Living Dead, um, I'm not going to go too much into the synopsis. I'm going to give you kind of the IMDb synopsis, uh, because I think that that's perfect enough as it is. The unburied dead return to life and seek human victims. All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and play the trailer for you. They came to pay their respects. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Why do you have to be so cruel? What? Show some respect. Now, they're running for their lives. A biologist in Stockton, California, have released reports focusing on the phenomenon, specifically on that trance-like state. Every shelter is becoming a trap. Are you sure we're going to be all right? Don't stop no matter what happens. It's just another dead end. They're coming right for us. George Romero's Night of the Living Dead. All right, guys, let's talk about this one. So... Obviously, this is not the 1960s George Romero classic, but uh, this was a remake of his iconic movie, um, updated for the 90s, and uh, given his blessing, and of course directed by Tom Savini, who has worked on uh, special effects makeup and many horror films, has been in a bunch of horror films, uh, so uh, it definitely is a really good update for about 30 years later uh, versus what you get in the original one. So um, just to kind of talk about the differences uh, between the two movies uh, before we kind of really dive into the rest of it. Uh, So obviously the 19, uh, I I believe 1964 is the original uh, year for the original film. Um, let me make sure I got that correct. 1968. So I'm sorry. 1968 was when the original film was released. And uh, it is pretty much a perfect horror film. And originally they weren't really uh, considered zombies. Romero and um, his screenwriter, uh, I think it's, was it John Russo? Um, yeah, John A. Russo really intended them to just be ghouls and they were, you know, slow moving, shambling, um, you know, shot in, in black and white. Cause it was, you know, um, done on the cheap, which nothing wrong with that. And, uh, so makeup effects were very minimal, but they tried to make sure that they made the zombies look, uh, you know, different than normal humans. And you get a co- cast of characters in the, in the farmhouse who are all trying to survive, uh, this event that they don't know how it started, why it started. And we get a little bit of exposition uh, from some news reports when they discover a TV uh, and turn on the TV. And it kind of goes into detail a little bit about uh, what the government's doing, reports in other cities of kind of like what's going on. 
and uh, what may have been the cause for the dead to start rising. And I always remember when I first watched uh, the original film, loving the character of Ben. Play, uh, oh man, I, want, I, I don't want to screw it up because I know his first name is Dwayne, but I don't want to get his last name wrong. Dwayne Jones, that's that's right. Dwayne Jones as Ben is one of the best protagonists, I think, in film history. Um, now, without giving away the ending, it hurts me every time I watch the end of that film. And, and it's because he does such a strong portrayal of Ben and makes him such a convincing character and someone who wants to help others when especially coming up against another character, Mr. Cooper, who is intent for only watching out for himself. And granted, like I, to an extent, I, I understand this. He only wants to care for his family. Um, now the, the remake, the nineties version kind of changes that a little bit, but you get a very nice self-contained story. It's got a perfect beginning, a perfect middle and a perfect end. And so when you were doing a remake or a reboot of a movie that is very iconic, that is got a huge following behind it is loved by many. How do you make make a movie that kind of lives up to it, but is also different in its own ways. And I think Tom Savini um, did a great job with that, especially I do believe um, that he worked with, like worked with uh, Romero on this. Um, But I, I don't want to say that for a hundred percent. But anyways, the, this movie takes pretty much the same premise. Uh, I mean, it's got the same beginning, uh, relatively the same middle and relatively the same end. Uh, and it's got very much some of the same scenes, but played out differently. Now, one thing I did see is that, um, Savini's original intent was to have this done in black and white. Um, but decided to, um, where was that to go, um, Oh, he wanted to slowly start to film in black and white and then move it into color. Um, But I guess he decided it was just better to go ahead and stick with color. So the film opens up the same. Johnny and Barbara are on the way to, uh, although it's a a little bit different. They are, um, in this case, I believe they're visiting their mother's grave. I may have that wrong. It may be the same that they're visiting their father's grave, but I believe in this one it is they're visiting their mother's grave. And as they're there, Johnny, played by the great Bill Mosley, um, you know, is doing his little pranks with her and, you know, doing that they're coming to get you, Barbara. And uh, Barbara, played by Patricia Talman, uh is not having it is, you know, just wants to get this done and go back home. And they are then accosted by a shambling person, uh, who I believe he says, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then he continues on. And then, uh, they are attacked by the first zombie that they come across. And Barbara manages to get away and finds herself in a farmhouse. And in the farmhouse, uh, of course, there are some zombies there. There are some dead people there. 
uh, non-zombie dead people. And as she is trying to get back out of the house, Ben, played by the indomitable Tony Todd, um, shows up. And I think Tony Todd was probably the best actor to cast as Ben uh, for this version. He has great gravitas and is a worthy successor to Dwayne Jones. So uh, again, the, the film then kind of plays out a lot like the original movie, um, but with the differences, of course, the zombies looking more like the zombies as we know today in modern uh, film and TV. And that's a lot in thanks to do to Tom Savini. Tom Savini being this very talented special effects uh, makeup artist uh, designing the original Jason look and then working on movies like The Prowler and working on um, Friday the 13th Part 4 and um, several several other films. His list just goes on and on and it would be too hard to list all of them on here. And so I think he does such a fantastic job um, with that and I really appreciate what he does with this film because the zombies truly look grotesque uh, and I would be terrified on of them. And I remember coming across this movie uh, when I was younger. And for some reason, there, there's a particular scene where Barbara is looking out the back door and it's just a shot of her. And then the camera switches to viewing uh, what she's looking at. And it's just, um, basically wooded area and you kind of hear some shuffling, but you don't really see, or maybe it's a trick of the light. And for some reason that just scene scared me so much. I, I would turn the channel. I would change the channel right away. I, I don't know what it is, but I think it was just kind of this sense of dread and not knowing what's there or is something messing with, with my eyes or what, but I think it is fantastic with what it does and with that kind of fear that it evokes. Now, one thing I don't like as much in this one is they don't use the TV, uh, a whole lot as, as a source of exposition in this one, we get it a little bit and it gives us kind of an idea of what causes the, um, the dead to rise, which as I saw was original plot point that Romero wanted to bring up in his original film, but then just kind of dropped it and, and didn't really announce it or, or have it addressed. And, uh, so I like that that aspect is given, but then that's kind of it. That's the, about the only point. Um, so I wish it would have had more of the exposition that is served in the original film versus this one, because we need to know kind of more of what is going on outside of the world, especially when we get to the end of this film and uh, the ending is, I mean, it's kind of same uh, along the same lines as the end of the original, but it's it's definitely updated. It's darker. It's grittier. And it's kind of a statement of where the where uh, the world is going now that this is happening. In fact, it feels more in line where Romero ends up going with his uh, dead series in Land of the Dead like this 1990s version of night of the living dead feels like it is the precursor to land of the dead, 
which is, again, of course, like a sequel to Day of the Dead and the original Dawn of the Dead and the original Night of the Living Dead. It's still a part of that original line. But where what, how you see humanity and how you see these people dealing with the world they're living in now, it feels like it's picking up from the end of the 1990s version a lot more. And that may be intentional and that might not be intentional. But um, I, I do like that Savini uh, kind of really turns it and again, another change is, although Cooper is uh, more kind of trying to protect his family and the original, uh, he, I mean, he's still like hard-headed and very um, self-preserving. Tom uh, Taos, who plays Cooper in this one, um, he is more domineering. He's more controlling of his wife. He is very still protective of his daughter, but he is out to look out for number one. And that's very evident, especially when you get to the climax of the film. And I, I think that adds another certain dynamic to the movie that uh, might've been missing a little bit in the original. Um, so there's not much else I have um, to say about this. I love both the original and this remake. Um, I like the change, like one of the major changes and it's kind of the frustrations I have with the original a little bit is that, uh, Barbara and the original play by Judith O'Day, um, she is very much the damsel in distress. And like, I get what Romero was doing with it is showing her kind of traumatized and in shock and, uh, kind of having like PTSD with dealing with, uh, what happens with Johnny and what is going on and where she's found herself. And now she's trapped in this house that she doesn't really, uh, find logic in like, she's not really adapting or adjusting to this new dynamic that she finds herself. And one thing that does kind of bug me, um, in the original is the scene where, um, Ben is kind of explaining what he saw happen before he ended up at the house. And then he asks Barbara what she went through and she's explaining it and she is kind of explaining it in a really odd way in the like sense that she um, is kind of distant and like she's a little childlike, like she's not explaining it as a rational adult, but she's not doing it in a way that uh, I think is out there, like not like not just coming across from a place of shock. Um, so she goes on and she's explaining it. And then she kind of does drift off to a little bit with, you know, talking about like Johnny wanting candy and Ben just then kind of like snaps at her and is like, I need you to get to get a hold of yourself. So that kind of bugged me a little bit. And I didn't quite like her being this damsel in distress. Who's very helpless. Like she, once she is in the house and we're introduced to Ben and, and Cooper and Tom and Judy and Helen and, uh, the Cooper's daughter, um, she just kind of fades away into the background. So with this updated version, um, she might start off that way a little bit, but then she just becomes a badass. I mean, she becomes really like in essence, female empowerment and she takes control of the situation. She's still not sure of herself a whole lot, but she decides she's not going to be a victim. And I really liked that in this version of the film. 
and Ben doesn't have that kind of moment where he just like snaps at her and, and is like, well, come on, get a hold of yourself, get a hold of yourself. No, he, he's more calm, cool, collected, and just trying to help everybody. And I like also the, uh, there's a, a sense of irony in the uh, climax with Ben um, pertaining to getting fuel for the truck. And it's, it's kind of a nihilistic defeatism uh, point in the movie. And it's when you get to it, you're just like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. Like, oh, if only, if only. Um, so I like the main differences, uh, between the two films. I appreciate both films, um, together. And I I like how, although their beats are very similar and there are scenes that are pretty much shot for shot, Savini really makes, um, some changes and it's not just, um, Savini on the writing Romero did work on the screenplay for this. Uh, he readapted his original screenplay with, uh, John Russo. And so a lot of these changes. And so I'm, I'm assuming then some of these character changes that we see are coming from George himself and George. I don't know if George really set out to make horror films or become a horror director, but Man, did he launch himself down a career that gave him so much notoriety and so much love from fans. Um, I really wish I could have gotten a chance to meet the guy. I know I ordered. Uh, he's got a a book. And if I'm remembering correctly, it's kind of a sequel uh, to Night of the Living Dead. Um, but he was writing it before he passed away. And I believe his one of his sons has uh helped get it finished and it's releasing next june i've got it pre-ordered i i am ready to re-enter this world with him and i like where george of course in his original series kind of takes it because even the big even the first one although it's very light on commentary um just the fact that he cast an african-american lead actor in a film in the sixties, uh, was a huge message in of itself and to use a, uh, and to create a character that is so, um, I think within, uh, the horror community beloved by the horror community. Um, I know I get upset at the end every time because I love the character of Ben and I love Dwayne's performance and I love Tony's performance. Um, so at least in the remake, it's a little more, um, it's a a little more easy to deal with, um, given what happens, but at the same time, he's such a good character. But going back to what I was saying, when you get to like Dawn and, and day, they really kind of become then, uh, social commentaries on the country and, uh, relations. And I find, and, and just kind of, and well with Dawn commerce and commercialism. And I just found that a really cool place, uh, that George took this. And I think even, um, 
because here on the podcast we try to not talk about politics a whole lot or anything because I think that that ruins uh, the conversation a little bit. But I think even if you're not someone that's into politics or even just cares about politics, uh, you could watch his films and and not feel like you're being preached to. And I think that that was the clever aspect. And even the 90s version has some commentary in of itself. Um, and I and I think that uh, it's successful in what it does. I it is only an hour and a half, and I mean the original is not that long either. It's about the same runtime. I, I wish that it were a longer movie, but at the same time, you're stuck in kind of one location. How much story can you tell without leaving that location? Um, but. Many people have tried to replicate this magic uh, that this film and its and its original predecessor ha- have kind of captured, uh, but they they don't. There have been several Night of the Living Dead remakes since that just have not lived up. Uh, Night of the Living Dead 3D, which ruins the character of Ben for me in that case. Not only uh, do they have a, a white actor playing Ben, but then they make him like a drug dealer, and he's not really that that good of a character. Uh, it's still redeemable because it, it, it's kind of one of those movies that it's like it's so bad it's, it's kind of good. But Sid Haig carries that movie, as I mentioned in my... Um, I believe in my three from hell mini review. Um, and then they, there's a British one and then there's actually even a sequel slash prequel to night living dead 3d, which has like, you know, the great Jeffrey Holmes and Andrew Divoff and the, and those roles. But they again, don't capture this magic that the original night living dead and the remake of night living dead have. There is one version. Uh, and I don't know, if it's ever been, you know, finally made or not, uh, but it was a Night of the Living Dead, and it was, um, I believe, s- like computer generated. Like it was just like it was an animated film um, with like just computer graphics. Thinking, think kind of like Star Wars Rebels a little bit, that type of animation. Um, and like I know Danielle Harris was, I believe, like doing the voice for Barbara. I think Bill Mosley was still doing the voice of Johnny, um, but it was going to kind of expand on on Night of the Living Dead. We were going to see more of like what happened before they get to the farmhouse, what happens after the farmhouse, and I just don't. I've never been able to find it, so I don't know if it if it ever got fin- finished. Or if it's just one of those projects that got started and they never, never completed it. But I think that's going to do it for us uh, again. I, I did want to make sure I um, promote the channel on YouTube that does the uh, um, that did the intro music that I used. And the name of that channel is uh, Soul Candle on YouTube. They have uh, I think like 155 subscribers. Go check them out. They've got some great uh, spooky music to use for Halloween. So if you're, you know, um, giving candy out to the trick-or-treaters, this is great music to put on. Uh, I only use just a little bit. 
Uh, but I think that the whole track that I'm using this from is like three hours long. So perfect, creepy, spooky music. Um, so go check those guys out and, uh, you know, subscribe to them. Uh, they do some great work over there. All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for day 30. We'll see you on day 31, which is the final day of the Critics Not Cynics 31 Days of Horror and happens to be Halloween. And I hope everyone is going to have a great and spooky Halloween. We'll see you on day 31. Of course, one last thing before we go, I realized that I forgot to give my review score for the movie. And uh, this one, I'm going to go with a 4 out of 5 for the remake and a 4.5 out of the original, even though we weren't really going to be doing a review of the original. Um, But I think with the extra exposition that the original gives as to kind of what's going on outside of the farmhouse is what makes it a little bit better. Um, just, Just a tad. But I love both. Go check them out.